Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I'm your host, Marielle, and on today's episode, we will be talking about leading your church with resilience with Pastors Vernon and Ashley Gordon of the Life Church, Virginia. Together, they planted the Life Church in July 2015 along with 40 volunteers, and they're going to share some of their church planning story with us today. Ashley and Vernon, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Yes, thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. I just kind of want to jump right in and would love to hear more about um, what you're doing and a little bit about your background. Awesome. Well, uh, my name is Vernon Gordon. Again, this is Ashley, and uh, we both are from Hampton Roads, Virginia about two hours south of where we planted. Uh, a little bit about us, we are, you know, both born and raised in small churches in our hometown. And uh, outside of the church context, I think neither one of us really saw ourselves as church planters or pastors in the future. Uh, I had uh, intentions of becoming a physical therapist based on a medical background. Um, I'm a former cancer patient and had two tumors and 13 surgeries, three years of chemo. So. Um, always saw myself working in the medical profession and field. Uh, and my wife, who you Yeah, I was going to say, I also, to ditto what Vernon said, I kind of have an accounting background. So went to VCU and got a couple of degrees in accounting and um, started out as an accountant at Ernst & Young and really saw that as my pathway for my career. I knew, of course, because we grew up in church, we definitely were always wanting to be connected and have a kingdom focus. But church planting was not necessarily what we thought was in the path. But here we are. <laughs> um, so that's kind of a little bit as far as background. I have the accounting background. Vernon thought that he was going to be a physical therapist or work somewhere in the medical field. Yeah. And, I, and you know, beyond that, I mean, just background wise, I think we both really just enjoyed every season. I think one of the things I definitely think about our background is every step kind of led to the next. So mm -hmm. while I was going through chemo treatment, I started talking to the, the hospital asked me to talk to newly diagnosed patients. And so that's where my love for communicating hope came from. Um, that was, I think, the seed to that. And then together we, uh, I youth pastored and we both did youth ministry for five years. And that kind of led to a desire and passion for um, what we do now as lead pastors. Wow, that's incredible. It's amazing how God will take our different experiences or even just the difficult things that we go through. Um, like you're just sharing about how you, you've gone through cancer treatments and he uses everything to prepare us for, you know, what's up ahead. <laughs> he, he builds Definitely. things in our lives. And so that's so amazing to hear just um, your background. So tell us a, a little bit more about how you received the call to plant a church. Absolutely. So I remember vividly, actually, I was in the parking lot at Gold's Gym and, uh, and I was just sitting and I, I, as my custom, I kind of pray before I go in and work out. It's kind of my little space in the car. 
And I just saw God reveal a vision kind of uh, for a multicultural church at the time. It was a, a church that really represented the kingdom of heaven. And, um, and part of it was my wife and I both grew up in traditional African-American churches. Uh, however, I have seen diversity um, in my family very personally. My, my grandmother and my grandfather had an interracial marriage and they, were the, they got married the first year interracial marriage was legal in the state of Virginia. So uh, a lot of controversy and conflict around their decision and just were able to grow up seeing their courage and really felt like God was like, you know, there's an opportunity in this season to really reflect the heart of God. And uh, particularly as an African-American pastor, I've seen a lot of churches um, from my white brothers and sisters who were leading the charge in that. But, but you know, I've seen not as many African-American led churches, you know, with that type of heart. And so it was, uh, uh, you know, just a time of just really responding to the call of God. My wife and I began to talk about it um, and begin to think about we had an infant at the time. By the time we would plant, we would have a second on the way. And, uh, and just really begin to be prayerful about what God might be doing in us to be a part of, you know, reflecting the kingdom in that way. Um, and, and, and honestly and truthfully, I think the other side of it was just also seeing the millennial perspective of church as well. We, as a young family, I think we had started to really notice that there were young churches and there were old churches. There were um, white churches and there were black churches. There were deep, wealthy churches and poor churches. And we really just felt like we had a heart to say, you know, felt like we had a unique insight into how do we put together a church that honors tradition, but also honors progressiveness, honors um, uh, the busyness of the millennial life, but at the same time honors the pace of um, those before us. And so we're, we're really driven by that heart. That's so needed. I feel like now more than ever, we need that unity. We need to be coming together, you know, every generation, every race, um, you know, every type of situation, no matter what it may be. So um, that's incredible. What were some of the first steps you took when beginning to plant your church and maybe if you even want to share some of the challenges um, that you faced and how you overcame them. Um, so I'll speak from my perspective because I'm probably like the money and budget and analytical person. So I kind of went right into questions of budget and how can we accomplish this and what will it take um, from an administrative standpoint to really accomplish the goal based upon what Vernon um, believed God's vision for the church would be. Um, so that's kind of where we really um, leaned into what type of training that we need. Um, we found art church, which we're not an art church, but we found their resources that were great for us to utilize. Start church as well. We were introduced to start church by art, the art church network. Um, so from my end, I was looking more so from an infrastructure standpoint, how do we create something that is sustainable, something that will last and create legacy. Um, so I went right into that mode. Um, Vernon probably, I don't know, what mode did you go into? <laughs> <laughs> I went into trying to convince my wife that it was a good idea financially. <laughs> uh, you know, I would also say, I, I just think to lean into that, and, and I, I do want to preface by saying, uh, we still have a, a great relationship with many of the art churches in our area and abroad. And uh, the training that we received at art was phenomenal. But really and truly, I would say church planting was so foreign to our cultural context that the two biggest challenges that we immediately, I, I felt in my heart were resourcing 
and uh, and just contextualization for training. So the ARC training, I, I, I've told ARC leaders this, and I've, I've told many leaders that, you know, there were not a, a multitude of resources out there that not only understood church planting, but understood church planting in a urban context or a cultural context for minorities. And so we did have to adopt certain, you know, or adapt in certain principles and be creative about certain constructs because um, culturally they just were either foreign or, or weren't as applicable. That was a challenge. I mean, that, that was a challenge finding resourcing that was there for that. And then the other thing was, again, I said, uh, resourcing financially. I mean, just our network. Once we started to recognize the amount of resources that other churches around us were planting with, what was kind of their baseline, uh, we were just trying to get there as our ceiling. And, uh, and so I think those were definitely two of the biggest uh, things that we had to adapt to and, and, and be flexible with and really create uh, around uh, in the process without a shadow of a doubt. That makes sense. And Ashley, it's amazing that you had that background in, account- in accounting. So <laughs> for, for God to even prepare you for that kind of challenge is just amazing. And so I, I believe that recently your church was listed in the Outreach 100 Fastest Growing Churches. So first of all, congratulations. Thank um, you. That's amazing. So, and it's also incredible that you received this recognition in the middle of this very crazy year with COVID-19. So I would love to hear just what has God been doing this season in your church and your community um, in the middle of this unprecedented time? You know, the first thing I would say is, first of all, thank you for the congratulatory remarks. Um, It was beyond humbling. I, I think the two things that first come to mind for me is I think God has been mobilizing his church. Um, and I call it his church. I mean, I know people would say our church, but our church is a part of his church. And so I think the mobilization, particularly missionally, has been a big marker for us this year is that people have, want to serve other people and people want to be um, do good in their communities. And I think we've allowed that message to become very as the explosion of nonprofits all around the country and world are happening, it's still a gospel centric idea that, you know, that a church and and carrying the gospel is about impacting people's lives. So that's something that I think has been a a huge marker of the momentum that we've experienced is that even when we started our church uh, before the pandemic, uh, every fifth Sunday, we didn't have a church service. We would gather our entire community and say, you already have Sundays blocked off, but our entire church would participate in a community outreach project four times a year. Uh, that heart just really carried into this season to say, okay, this is a time for us to be who we are. Uh, the other thing I think that we've just been seeing is that God has been allowing new types of gifts to emerge in the church. So probably gifts that we wouldn't have placed a premium on before. Like I think all churches in the modern context know, yeah, you want to be creative and you want to value social media but like people who can do film and people who can record and people who understand the skill of audio quality. Um, we've just been able to really learn from them in this season and, uh, and allow them to really be liberated as the leaders of this present time. And really to say, Hey, you guys are leading the charge now. We're kind of uh, lifting up your arms. <laughs> it's been um, an amazing part of the journey as well. I don't know if you want to add anything, Ashley. I was going to say we're, we're in a sermon series right now that talks about everyday discipleship. 
And I think that this, to add to what Vernon said, has been the opportunity for us to do that, um, for people to really see how they can really operate in their everyday discipleship um, and to be able to still operate in their giftings and their calling to still impact the kingdom, to do and serve for the kingdom, even without that corporate gathering. I think when we first, when this first came about, I was like, oh my goodness, the corporate gathering. And we certainly still miss that corporate gathering. But I think our um, congregation, our community has more insight into how we can really live out um, discipleship through even the limitations of not being able to gather in person. Yeah. And if I really quickly piggyback and say to Ashley's point, you know, that Gary Thomas wrote a book not too long ago uh, about non-spiritual pathways. And he just talked about different ways to express our spirituality. And I do think that one of the things that this season has done is liberated people to recognize that if they are, being missional, if they're being kind to their neighbor, if they're helping the elderly person down the street, that's not you're waiting to go back to church. That's the church being mobilized. You know, if you're, you know, uh, stewarding your health or your family and you're, you know, caring and spending more time with your kids and uh, uh, just developing them in their confidence and their, you know, all of that is a part of our Christian faith. It's not I'm waiting to get back to the church. It's being the church and then gathering together to continue to be inspired to go do that. So I think it's just been really helpful for our people in particular to see that and to really connect that thought as a part of their spirituality. Yeah, that's really beautiful. It's like the church has been mobilized to to change even our and to even change our mindset that church just takes place, you know, within a building. It is an everyday occurrence it's daily discipleship it's learning to walk with the lord um, through all of the details of our lives and i i think that we have just seen the the church just pushed out of the four walls during this time and so i think that that is one of the uh, amazing thing that, things that god's been doing in this time mm-hmm. um, so i'm curious what are our services looking for you guys right now or what have you been doing have you been streaming services online mainly um, using social media what are some of the strategies that you've put in place yes so we stream services on sunday at nine o'clock and eleven o'clock and so that's kind of our sunday morning worship experience we um, have worship and then Vernon, of course, gives a word, or we may have someone from our teaching team provide that word. We have during all the, all these months, we have had things like life groups still continue virtually. So that's been great to have people still connected in that way during the week. Um, We've also tried to do some things during the week, and we're about to kind of relaunch some more weekday activities. So we'll be doing like an inspire night. Um, which will be like a weekday service where we'll dive more into the sermon. We do have a prayer call that happens every Saturday. And so, and of course, social media has been a key part of keeping our congregation involved and connected. So all of those things are ways that we continue to get connected. We haven't had um, too many in-person experiences at this point. We did do something for our children um, right before school started, a small group. Um, got together and did a little celebration as they went back for the virtual school year. Um, But mainly 
it's pretty much been virtual um, in keeping people connected in that way. We also have a team that reaches out to our congregation, tries to call and check on them throughout this time. Well, awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm curious too, what advice or what wisdom, uh, maybe even some encouragement do you have for um, somebody who is wanting to start the journey of planting a church? Maybe somebody who's never done anything like this before um, and just has a lot of, you know, questions. <laughs> what would you tell them? Tell them, call us. Come visit Virginia. No. <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, I would say I believe, uh, you know, there are some people who would say that digital is going to be the new default or, you know, that the church has been in some way, shape or form diminished in this season. I would dare to say the opposite. I feel inspired more than ever. And I believe that anybody who's thinking about expanding the kingdom should really, really uh, just be bold and courageous in this season because I think more uh, uh, than anything, people are going to be asking tough questions about life at the end of the season. Uh, and the beautiful thing about being church planters is, or being kingdom advocates is that we have that answer. Uh, we have the answer to life's toughest questions in the gospel. Um, but people have lost family and friends. People have uh, seen sickness ravaged and people have heard narratives, no matter what side of it on your own, uh, there's fear on both sides of it. Uh, when all of those things are happening in people's heart and minds, I believe that as we go into 2021, uh, now more than ever, people will need a place to find hope and faith and love. And those are the three things that remain in the gospel. And I think we carry them. So I would just tell, you know, them, you know, uh, you know, make sure that you just, you know, be courageous, be bold on a practical level. I would definitely say as well, like connect to support. I mean, this is not for the faint of heart and um, you, you need to know you can call people when um, things aren't ideal and things get tough and the weight gets heavy to, to hold. And uh, I think accountability and support systems are vitally important. And then I would tell them absolutely uh, make sure that there's this organization that they have to make sure they connect with called Start Church because they <laughs> will be a guide like no other. So I think if they do those three things, boldness and courage support systems and accountability and uh, sign on with Start Church. They should be in a pretty good position to get going. Thank you so much, Vernon. We're so happy to be able to support, you know, church planners, ministry leaders, um, nonprofit leaders in just starting the dreams that God's put in their heart. Um, you know, God gives unique dreams and purposes to uh, different individuals and we, and he calls us to fulfill those specific things. So I agree with you. It is time to be bold and courageous and to step into everything that, you know, God's calling us to do. Um, so I, I also wanted to know for people who would love to just stay in touch with what you guys are doing, how can people connect with you online? Um, you can go to our website, www.thelifechurchrva.org. Um, also on all our social media platforms, we have Facebook, Instagram, The Life Church RVA. Um, those are the best ways. And we also have a YouTube channel for The Life Church RVA. But those are the ways that people can stay connected to us virtually. We also are releasing an album in the fall if you want to put that out there as well. And it's really great music. So, <laughs> so. Sure. Tell, yeah. us, tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, part of, you know, when I talked about the, just the premium of creativity in this last season, 
um, you know, part of it has been the opportunity again to see gifts emerge and to really lean into those gifts with more time. Uh, and one of the things that we really felt like is God was birthing songs in this season that we wanted to capture and share. And uh, so we did a live recording and it's been, you know, it's in post-production. It'll come out this fall. And, um, and we built it off of the name Zoe, which is a playoff of our name, the life church, because you know, that our church comes from the scripture, the name anyway, John 10 and 10, I come to them and have life and life more abundantly. That word in the Greek Zoe is like life and life to its fullest in every way. And so, uh, so we just believe that God wants that life for everybody and wanted to create some music that spoke to how we've just found that life in the father. So, uh, it's coming out this fall. It'll be on all platforms. We already have two singles out right now. And if anybody just looks up Zoe worship, uh, live, they will find a song called Psalm 23 and another song called rising and the rest of the EP will finish up in the fall. So we're super excited about it. Awesome. Congratulations on that project. Ashley and Vernon, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And to all our listeners, we hope that you'll join us again next week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.